Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the <laughs> Welcome to the Earth is Ghetto podcast, everybody. Um, as you know, this is a Black queer platform, and we're going to get directly into our mental health check-in, which is something that I, I'm so glad that um, Aaron had this idea for to make sure that we start doing this every show because no one really cares how we feel, guys. Um, so that's why we have to have the community <laughs> so that we can care how we feel. So Aaron thing how you mental um i quit one of my 10 jobs so i feel kind of good right now actually um don't have to worry about going to uh, i escaped one of the plantations so now all i have to do is just work on myself and look on working from the plantation from home (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) Like if we're gonna if we're gonna pick this cotton, let's make it simple. You know let's what I mean? Let's make sure like, we got some AC in this motherfucker, bitch. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is not 1892; it is 2022. Um, as far as um, my mental health goes, I feel like I feel like it's actually doing okay. I feel like dating is really kind of fucking with my mental health because this is stupid. This is real it's stupid. Really ghetto. Um, I'm literally having guys, you know, coming in with just all their Kevin Samuels misogyny. <laughs> um, you know, I had a guy tell me the other day um, some shit like, you sound like one of those girls, like when they were revealing dresses, that when somebody come up on their, on some hoe shit, um, then they get upset when they wear in a hoe's uniform. <sighs> we're only texting. And then what's worse is like these niggas really want me to meet them immediately and I'm trying so hard to protect my energy and they're like, man, you're just playing games. And I was just like, no, you're playing games with your life if you want to meet me in person and talk stupid. So I'm trying to save you. Let me save you. Um, it's just it's just so yeah. sad out there. And I'm really beginning to realize that the reason why people hate single women so much, especially single black women, is because we possess a power that they cannot ascertain mm. and they also can't take from us. So when you are doing everything for yourself and you're going on vacation, you're living your best life, you don't need nobody, you ain't got no kids and you have a man come up to you and be like, I would love for you to settle down. And you're like, well, this is the kind of the life I live. So would you like to get into it? And they're like, no, you gotta be on my time. You gotta be on what's going on with me right now. And I'm just like, okay, it sounds like you're broke. I'm gonna go vacation on my own. And we move how, forward. Like, how dare you as a black woman be this, this goddamn successful and focus on your <laughs> happiness? The nerve of you to be so goddamn educated. I feel emasculated. How dare you? It's, but you know what? That's what it is. It's the cry of emasculation whenever there's just something not going their way. Um, because I'll be honest, I've never needed like a man to make money. I make money. Just don't make me spend my money on you if I don't need to. Like, that's that's really kind of been my cardinal rule. I'm not trying to live off somebody, which, by the way, um, 
people do that shit all the time. White and Hispanic women go ahead and be housewives all the time and nobody's looking at them like gold diggers. So this is not me coming against any woman who wants to go ahead and be a housewife and be taken care of. Bitch, get what the fuck you need. But I'm just saying, for a lot of the women who are here in 2022, living their best lives, answering to no one, and then you want to lock me down and then make me put clothes on. I... <laughs> what you wearing that out there for? Don't wear that. <laughs> And I feel like they don't even understand how that attitude is just making a pussy on a national level dry as fuck. I feel like they don't understand how that works because when a man is like bigging you up, taking sexy pictures of you, posting them and being like, that's my girl, you can want her, but she's mine. That just makes me want to take my panties off and throw them in your face. But they don't want to do that. So I feel like this is why I always am going to think of homoeroticism whenever men kind of come in that direction to me because I'm thinking so you're only doing this for the pleasure of other men mm -hmm. because you're only trying to please men you're not trying to please women or do anything that women want that's why they act so macho masculine all the time and doing all this other dumbass shit because they want validation from other niggas do, 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 do you see where I'm coming from so this is why I've gotten to the point where single is a superpower um, and do not go ahead and settle or give that away unless you know exactly what you're getting. And to be honest, a lot of people aren't going to be worth your time. And that's okay. That doesn't make you fucked up. That makes those people not worth your time. And that's my mental yeah. health check. When you, yeah, <laughs> mental health. Uh, for people just joining, us, uh, we're doing a mental health check-in right now before we get started. Uh, feel free to leave a comment. How are you mentally doing right now, honestly? Because... Nobody gives a fuck about queer folks, especially black queer folks. So we would like to know, how are you doing? And give you a little bit of support because shit, don't we need it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we got a few messages before we get into the first topic. Uh, song Dreamer. Okay, that doesn't have any sound. Uh, Wilton. Being truly pro-black means you for any and everybody who is black, no matter what. Sid, you can't keep disappearing on the show. <sighs> I'm being called out. I'm being called out. A nigga went on vacation, okay? All right? I, I, and, but don't worry, I'm back. And ain't nobody going nowhere, at least until October when I move to Las Vegas, where I may need a few days off. Otherwise, we are good to go. I'm going to be here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I'm going to take that as you miss me. <laughs> And I will continue to be here for you guys every time we can. <laughs> but um, Aaron, um, we're let's we're gonna get into the first topic. But I think one of the first things that I wanted to ask you is why you chose this topic, um, and what are your thoughts? Um, I so I chose this topic because um, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, I forgot what day. I had a pop up show talking about intersectionality. And we had people, cishead black men in the audience talking about, of course, the usual, well, yeah, if you're black and gay, it's fine, but you can't be a part of the culture because you're gay. And that's a Eurocentric thing, which we know is all a lie. We know it's all bullshit. Um, and then I just think about like, so what does it mean to be pro-black? Because how can you sit here and say that you're pro-black and then shit on black gay people, black trans women, black disabled people. Uh, like, it's so much to it. 
so how can you sit here and say that you're pro-black and then turn around and call me a faggot because you don't like gay folks, right? But you to be the main one saying, well, no, you black first. Well, if I'm black first, then you shouldn't be disrespecting me. So it's contradictive. So I just wonder, so what does it truly mean to be pro-black? And obviously, me and you know, it's about like just everything that's black, black people, period. But I've heard some dumbass niggas on this app say, well, if you're not from America and you're black, then you're not really truly black because black Americans are what's truly black. And everywhere else, like, because I'm from Jamaica, so apparently I'm not black either because I'm not American. So that's why that's why this question is brought up. Because I look at well, I look at being I look at being black as an experience. I need people to understand that if you are black and you are fighting intersectionally for rights of black people, then you are pro-black. So that means black alt people, black gardeners. Black Satanists, Black um, uh, Bohemian people, people who are Black fairies, uh, Black people who do hoodoo, Black people who do voodoo, Black people who are atheists, Black people who um, decide the only thing they want to do is be geologists for the rest of their life and then you want to go live on a fucking moon. If you are fighting intersectionally, uh, intersectionally for Black people, then you are pro-Black. If you are only fighting for Black straight people, then I need you to understand that you are part of a caste system that is only upholding white supremacy and you are a betrayal to your ancestors. You are a betrayal to me. You are a betrayal to every black person walking on this earth who had to be beaten down and killed uh, when colonization came to Africa. You are a, you are completely a betrayal to all of us. And I just want to let you know, you're calling other people anti-Black, but you are the fucking coon. You are the tap dancing ass bitch that wants to go ahead and get online and talk shit and have nothing to back it up. But we come with historical facts in this motherfucker. So now what the fuck are you going to do? Because baby, let me tell you, when we had that conversation, that conversation was six and a half uh, hours long. For those in the audience, you can check it out. Uh, listen to some of it if you want. It's uh, intersectionality and, and why it's I so wanna important. I want to edit it. I want to edit it so bad. Nigga, why it had to be six hours? Why didn't you take breaks? I want to edit this thing. I well, do. Most of it, like, <laughs> most of the shit is just niggas in the comments. It's two niggas in the comments that that's why it was so long because they just kept going back and forth. But no, nah, that's not true. But it's really just like, um, yeah, I, this is why I'm going to keep calling out hoteps. I'm going to keep calling out Hebrew Israelites, Black Israelites, Moors, uh, Black nationalists, people who want to take white supremacy and just put Black on it. And even then, that still excludes Black LGBT folks, Black women, and Black. So I'm going to keep calling you niggas out because y'all are dangerous as fuck. And y'all don't want equality. You want privilege. And you want power. So I'm going to keep... I'm going to say it again. Hoteps, Black Israelites, all you motherfuckers who claim to be pro-Black, and then use the white man's divide and conquer tactic to get power over your own people like me, you're not, you're not pro-black and you want power. I feel like whenever it comes to white supremacy, um, you have to, and being able to define it, being able to figure out exactly what it is, because there are a lot of people who are still learning who don't know. So I'm going to go ahead and break it down for you in the simplest way that I can. It is privilege, power, and control. PPC. If you walk into any ideology and what they are preaching 
is privilege, power, and control. And by the way, the another, another P is prosperity. Because I know it sounds nice, but a lot of times that's wrapped up in, in capitalism and also wrapped up in white mm -hmm. supremacy. So watch out for it, okay? They love to say prosperity in church. They love to say that shit before mm -hmm. you tie. I just want to let you know. But again, privilege, power, control. If you walk into an ideology and that is what you see being uplifted and upheld, you are walking into a space of white supremacy agents. I'm going to play these messages. I have no idea what's going on with my audio right now. However, maybe this message comes through. I was in complete agreement with what you were saying about the dating pool. These people are crazy. I don't know if it's 2022. I don't know if it's a, if it's a damn vitamin deficiency, but I would appreciate them all <laughs> on an island that exists in another universe. As far as mental health goes, I am floating between a cloud and earth because obstacles come weekly around these parts. Child, they used to say it come in threes. I tell you, I think it comes in sixes, nigga. Cause I promise you, one thing just starts to pile up on the other. And especially when it comes to the, the dating pool, which obviously has pitch in it. I just need people to understand. There's a reason why there's a lot of women and others, especially black women and black femmes who just don't want to be bothered. They're claiming asexual just so you can leave them the fuck alone. I promise At this you. point, look, <laughs> because that's where I'm at. That is where I'm at. I don't, like, I'm so over it. I don't have any hope for these niggas. It's like, I got plenty of toys to get me through the day at this point because I'm over it. I, 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 I give up. If you want to date I, me, you have to like really work hard. You have to chase the fuck out of me because I'm not doing it anymore. I, I I can't. And I feel like they're like, oh, well, they're being so difficult or they're being so this or they're being so that. And in reality, in reality, you're talking to a person that has standards and has boundaries and went to therapy. They decided that they're no longer lowering themselves to anybody's standards or accepting less than they give themselves. I feel like that's what people don't understand, especially Black men right now, because those are the ones in my DMs. They don't realize that I am, I feel great and full and whole by myself. Um, I do not need constant noise or constant whatever in order to feel whole. And for that, that's dangerous. That's dangerous for these men because that's why they keep projecting, oh, you're going to die alone. But really, that's what they're scared of. Because rea in reality, all of these Black femmes and Black women, they are making the most amazing friendships. They're making the most amazing connections. We have community. We have family. We're not dying alone. Just because we don't have a romantic partner doesn't mean that we can't have fulfilling lives. And I feel like that's what people are completely missing. But we have to get back to the topic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, uh, nuclear black family. Let's talk about it because I'm hearing it a lot. Um, and I think we need to really unpack where it comes from and how it it's definitely, a dog whistle. Um, yeah. It's a dog whistle. It's a, it's a dog whistle that people have used against black queer people for our, um, entire time after being colonized has been the black nuclear family. Remember, you can't be gay because you had to remember what you're bringing to the plantation. And if you're gay, that means you can't procreate, which means you're not bringing us any profit, which means that we can't see you as valuable, which is really what you're saying. 
this is why I say I get the vision behind it, but the nuclear black family, the idea of it goes hand in hand with white supremacy and capitalism. Because once again, the slave masters didn't see any value in the slaves at all, obviously. They only saw what they could bring to the plantation. They was lost in the sauce of production and value. So you sound just like them when you say, well, y'all can't reproduce and y'all can't have kids. Okay, so the so the single black women who just don't want to have kids at all just because they just don't want to, are they not uh, a part of the black experience either? You see how that shit works? You can't just sit here and say that you're pro-black, bash black queer folks say, well, y'all can't reproduce and y'all break up the household and that's why, that's why. And then you go into, and then so the black men and black women who just don't want to have kids just because they just don't want to, are they not uh, black enough? Are they a threat to the black community because they don't want to have kids? You see how that shit works? And I feel like what kills me is that they say things like we're breaking up the households. How are we breaking up the households more than men who are not staying with their families? They're not discerning who they decide to go ahead and come in and then don't have the financial stability or the emotional bankroll to actually be a parent. Why is that? Uh, why is that less damaging than you existing? Hmm. A physical action versus a person just being. Do you see? Do you see how fucked up that sounds? Do you see how stupid that sounds? And I'll be honest with you, um, and especially in the generation that we're living in, when especially when it comes to having children, open your eyes, nigga. And by the way, I'm not shaming anybody who's trying to have a baby right now. Do you boo-boo. But I know that there is a majority of us who are looking at the news, who are looking at the things that are happening and seeing everybody's rights being taken away and realizing, you know what? I feel like it's time for me to live my best life because this is not the era for me to raise children in. They're going to be absolutely eviscerated by this society and they might get taken away just because I want to give gender affirming care. I don't want to go through that. So I'd rather just be on my own. Tell me why that's an issue. Right. Because again, um, a lot of cishet black men hold on to this ideology. I'm keep saying it. This hotep ideology where there's God and then there's man and then there's women. And that's where this whole can you submit to a king and all this other shit came from. I'm not trying to hear that shit. That shit is, again, came from white supremacy. You only see value in what you can bring to the plantation. So that's why you see black LGBT folks as a threat to the black community or it's bringing the black community down and all this other dumb shit. And I just also want to put out there, patriarchy is our enemy, right? As black queer folks, we know that. Patriarchy is definitely the... But we also know... But listen, what about white people? Let's just talk about it for a second. Patriarchy is not helping them either. Why do we think it's doing something for somebody? Just, just to be honest, because the only reason that white women have the protection that they've had is because they've, they've held themselves under the bosom of white supremacy. But what about the white women who are doing that? What about the white women who are deciding they're not having kids? What about, do, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? This ain't helping your bitch ass either. So why the fuck are you upholding it? <laughs> It don't make no fucking sense. It's like everybody's stuck on stupid and everybody's eating shit. And I don't understand why there's food to eat. I think it's because men are power hungry. And especially like the shit that black men do go through. We, they go through a lot of shit 
So it's like, well, damn, I got to get some power somehow. So let me go ahead and adopt these white supremacist ideologies, this divide and conquer tactics that they're using on my own people. And I feel like this is the reason why we say we want allies and not, we want accomplices and not allies. This is why we say that. Because these are real rights that we're fucking fighting for. And the people in my life who happen to be white and not just white people, there's a difference. We've spoken about this. Yeah. Um, the people in my life who happen to be white are the people where I don't even have to say, tap in nigga, they in. They're the people that make sure that, oh, listen, I remember, I, I swear. So uh, one of my best friends, Hallie, I remember I was telling her that, girl, I'm so broke. I got to door dash. I got to do something. I got to, like, it was during the pandemic. I had no money. I was fucked up right now. She's like, you want me to give you money? Because you're not doing that. You're not fucking doing it. She's like, you know that black people are just getting people having pointing guns at them. They're not even able to go into apartment buildings and shit. Absolutely fucking not. I, no, you want to die? This is the conversation I'm having with my white friend. Do you know why? Because she loves me and she wants to protect me and she wants to make sure nothing happens to me. That's what accomplices do. For the people listening, white people versus people who happen to be white. So white people are the people who know that they benefit from the system and don't do anything about it and usually say all lives matter or just, well, I'm working just like you. Or if you will stop sagging your pants, you won't get shot by the police and all this other shit. People who happen to be white recognize that they benefit from the system and they are doing they are doing the work to dismantle it and they're calling it out and calling out the racist ass parents and grandparents and doing what they got to do and and also making sure that whenever they take you someplace or around any people that you don't know that you're in a safe space she listen i don't ever have to worry about oh i, I gotta explain to hallie oh you can't bring me around your race and racist friends she ain't got none right stop stop and that's another reason why i always tell black queer people do not go where you are accepted or where you are tolerated. Go where you go to where you are celebrated. I am only with people who celebrate me. Stop giving them access to you. Because let me tell you something. Straight people, they love gay people. They don't want to admit it, but they do because they use us for everything. You want, you want, let me tell you something. You want your hair laid, you want your nails done, you want somebody to go ahead and whip that outfit together. Oh, those were the times when we we're just like, oh my God, the gays are amazing. The choir director, the reason why it's so fucking amazing up in there is because of gay people. Sorry. Gucci, Versace, Tom Ford. <laughs> they don't even know. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Um, but I feel like when we are talking about what pro-Black really means, I, I think what, what we're really saying is this isn't about who you, uh, this is not about um, what color of the person that you're with. Is the color of the person you're with fighting just as hard to go ahead and break down white supremacy? Then we good. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like the, this shit is very fucking simple, yo. I feel like this shit is very cut and dry. It really is like <clears throat> again for and then for black people, black people are still using this white man's book. Let me say this: y'all are still using this white man's Bible to harass and discriminate against black LGBT folks. This is why I say I'm sorry. I'm not going to be a part of any religion if it's not committed to ending white supremacy. 
and the nerve of y'all to use a white supremacist book against me and then turn around and claim to be pro-black get the fuck out my face please bruh let me tell you something i and that was one of the most interesting conversations that i've had i think it was with um this chick i think she was hispanic or something and i remember we were talking and she was saying you know what i never understood why black people and spanish people love jesus so fucking <laughs> and i was just like well damn i didn't know this is where we were i thought we were just I thought we were, you know, you were cute and I'm cute. I thought this is where we were going. But she was being very, she was getting into the nitty gritty of the conversation real quick. And she was just like, because especially, she was like, especially for black people, you guys have suffered some, uh, some of the most. I don't understand. I don't get it. And I'm like, nigga, neither do I. Look, but, I don't know them. <laughs> Sorry but it is man. the poison, it, it's the poison of white supremacy that has been injected into the veins of those communities, of our community, where it's like, the, the Bible literally has verses where it is completely justifying slavery and telling the slave exactly how they should treat their master. Is that, I'm sorry, that's not well, my God. Who, who's God is that? Like, I feel like you're taking it out of context and that's the problem uh, that I, like, you don't ever listen. He didn't mean it like that. It just says, um, you know, just do what the Bible says and interpret it your own way. Stop trying to take things out of context. That's what's wrong with y'all now. Just shut the fuck up and submit. <laughs> you're the one worshiping a book that says you need to cast out your right eye if you masturbate. And you're coming to me telling me that this is what makes sense. <laughs> oh, I, listen, listen, I remember reading that verse when I was young. And this is an embarrassing story. Um, because, you know, I didn't know nothing about like, you know, self-pleasure and whatnot. And I remember I told my sister that I was, uh, I was trying some things out. When I say this bitch grabbed me by the shoulders and she was like, don't you ever do that again. And she held my hand in prayer so I could ask God to forgive me. I need you to understand how fucked up this whole rhetoric is. It has us looking at our vaginas and being like, ew, don't touch it. What? Stop. What are you doing? It is, it's the dumbest shit in the world. I'm sorry. Um, Kat. Um, I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not, but I'm always having an issue on here on Stereo when I have conversations especially with black men about being pro-black and dating interracially. I've been told a number of times that there's no way in hell I could be pro-black or be for the black community or even be a black leader if I'm dating outside of my race, if I'm dating a white man. Because for some reason, I'm doing a disfavor to the community when it comes to reproducing. I'm reproducing more of their kind. That's what they say. I'm I'm reproducing more of their kind and that is not helping the community. They want more black people in this community and I'm producing. They do know the black gene is more powerful than... Listen, we're not even gonna talk about the Eve gene right now. Uh, because for some, they decided to step to a black woman and say some stupid shit like that. That's fine. But let's go ahead and break it down. Oh, because Kat, I've been there. Um, and as a person who actually doesn't date interracially, I just want to let you know, first and foremost, 
there is no way in fucking hell that anybody can tell you just because of who you are dating um, that you are not pro-black. Now, they can say that if the person that you are dating is anti-black. Is the person you're dating anti-black? Then yes, you as a coon, you as a tap dancing coon. Okay, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> um, but when you are with somebody who is just as invested in breaking down white supremacy as you are, then I don't see any issues. Now, if you get with somebody who's just kind of apathetic and apolitical, I feel like that is very, very, very problematic. Yeah, this whole, oh, because, I don't want to get involved and all lives matter and I just don't want to get involved in that. Listen, that is so problematic. You Let me tell you something, baby girl, if that's happening to you in any relationship, well, not you, kid. That's not what you're saying, but I'm just saying anybody who's saying that, I just want to let you know you are in a relationship with an anti-Black person and you need to get away because you are sleeping with the enemy. Um, but I need also need people to understand that it's not about what the person looks like. It's about who the person is. And that's really what, it, uh, what it's going to be at the end of the day. Because, because we'll see that when Black men get with white women, they usually get with white women who love to shit on us. And they love to go ahead and make the comparison. And for some reason, when they ever talk about why they don't date Black women, they don't talk about how much they love their Aryan ice princess. No. They talk about how much they hate us. And I'm just letting you know, that's not a preference. And I've made this example before. If I have a preference for cranberry juice, it doesn't mean that anytime anybody asks me, why do you love cranberry juice? I will say, well, fuck orange juice. Fucking oranges, just oranging and juicing and shit. Fuck you. That's different. Do you see the difference? So again, it's about being, it's about having discernment. And also there are reasons that you're getting into that interracial relationship. Are you getting into it because you really love the person or because you don't want to have dark skinned babies like yourself? Mm. Let's let, there's a lot of things to unpack when we are unpacking into interrela interracial relationships, but on the surface for anybody to make a blanket statement to tell you that guess what, because you're with somebody who is not your color, that you are not pro black. That's bullshit. Because the same and I know it's like a lot of these niggas who claim to be pro-black only date outside the race. Like they don't, they only go for white women or if they, if they are, they're not optically black. Like Hispanic like women? Yeah. They're <laughs> racially ambiguous or like super, super light-skinned Nick Cannon. He says that he <laughs> wants to keep, make more black babies, but he only goes for racially ambiguous, white passing, you know, people who are not optically black. But he, like, it's niggas like that that say they're pro-black. But, these, but, but that's the thing. And it's not like those women are just like, oh, so in the movement and trying to go ahead and move things forward. No, they're pretty wild and out girls that he just likes to impregnate because that's his preference. <laughs> and and I, I'm just saying, we love to hide behind preference. So that's just what, what I'm going to say. Yeah, um, I that shit. I, nigga, I already know I don't believe that shit. Uh, spirit love. I had a question. So... What I noticed, because it's an international platform, that there are uh, some white people, right, overseas, because there's a lot of white allies overseas, but there are some Caucasian people overseas where they're talking about, oh, yeah, no, I think that if you support black people, it's a liberal thing. Listen, if the whole liberal conservative shit makes my anus itch, I want to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> Because first of all, 
Um, we've already talked about uh, Republicans and Democrats. And what do they do? Uh, Republicans spit in your face. Democrats spit in your food. And yeah, okay. for those listening, um, I'm a Marxist-Leninist. So there's that. <laughs> so I really don't. I draft the fuck out of liberals all the time. So just, Yo, cause let me tell you, because white folks on this app really think that me and Sydney don't like them because we draft the fuck out their ass. Straight black men think that we don't like them because we hold them accountable. On this podcast, we hold everyone accountable. Hell, I hold Sydney accountable. She holds me accountable. We not finna like pick and choose just to fit what you want to hear. It's it's just what it is. And I think another thing that that really kills me is the fact that holding people accountable will be seen as anti-black. And this is the issue. We are going to be the people that is going to keep the checks and balances. We're not going to go ahead and let black excellence be the band-aid over the broken bone and whether and underneath it is pussing and oozing and infected. No, we're going to rip the band-aid off and we're going to say, guess what? The bone needs to be reset. We actually have some work to do. So we're not about to go ahead and pretend to do this bullshit with you on a regular basis. We're going to try and defend our blackness. We are going to be more for our people than you will ever be because this is the shit you want to argue with me about. That's mm-hmm. why. Ooh. So yeah, the nerd, like yeah, that's why I'm not. I don't really give a fuck. Well, y'all just quit to tear down the black man. Meanwhile, we're we're talking shit about the shit Bill Cosby did. Well, no, y'all just don't. Y'all just don't like black men. Then when we drag white supremacy. And I say things where all white folks benefit from the system. Y'all, y'all racist. Y'all hate white people. It, if it's not what you want to hear, you're just gonna. That's what it is. I don't care. I promise you, I don't. Everyone gets held accountable. We just talked had an episode dragging the fuck out of women and their biphobia and homophobia shit. Black women at that. So and then they were mad. So again, anyone can get it on this podcast. And if it hits you, it hits you. That is the hit dog hollering. Because let me tell you something. When people are talking about deadbeat uh, black women or talking about incestuous relationships, with do you think I get up in my feelings? I know they ain't talking about me. You move on. You keep pushing. And if you're really smart, you actually sit down, listen. You actually will listen. Stop, man. This shit is so stupid. Um, getting to some of these messages. Uh, Issa acting up i'm really trying to enjoy this conversation but stereo is glitching like a mug um but i'm here oh. i am here maybe it's just me i don't know but um I yeah else. what's up y'all um what does it truly mean to be mm. not gonna lie i've been thinking about taking a step back with this pro-black conversation because of just how As a queer black woman, I don't feel included. I don't feel like being pro-black. I mean, of course, I'm always going to advocate for black folks, but um, black queer folks is going to be number one for me because it's just feeling like the people that I'm advocating for just really don't give a fuck if I live or die. Probably wouldn't piss on me if I was on fire. So yeah, I don't. I don't really feel like I'm secure in my pro blackness right now. That's that's the hard truth. So I'm gonna say something. I need you to know that black queerness is pro blackness, and you cannot let them take that from you. They've already taken Hotep, which means something so beautiful. 
That's why I like to call them faux teps now, because I, I can't believe you taking shit that was so beautiful and for us, for Black queer folks as well. And you've made it into something so disgusting. So they I didn't even know that. You... Yeah. Oh, gee, listen, child. Um, I know you was upsetting people. Um, but the thing that I really need to drive home to everyone here in this podcast, especially if you are Black and queer, that's a, your pro-Blackness is not something that anybody can fucking take. They have no power. None. Not over you. So I don't want you to go ahead and be discouraged. And I want to also give you validity in being like, Issa, I'm tired too. I'm tired too. And I'm trying my, and as much as I'm giving you this pep talk, it's for me too. Because this shit is hard. This shit is hard to continue to go into spaces that not only are you not accepted, but despise you. And it's a room full of people that fucking look like you. I don't think people even understand the mind fuckery that goes on within that, how deep the rabbit hole really goes in reference to your actual emotions and mental health and watching a whole crowd of people that look just like you say you're not a part of us. I need you to know that they're just wrong. Yeah, it's... I want Black LGBT folks to know how powerful our existence is. We were and are still divine. Um, so for them to say that we're not pro-Black because we're queer is the stupidest shit I ever heard because we are as pro-Black as we can get. Our existence is pro-Black as fuck. No, At, like, we... Africa, like, was queer. Like, we know how Africa was before colonization. So we are the true definition of unity, to be honest. I have all these things going against me, black, queer, non-binary, gay. So yeah, don't let them, don't let, don't you ever let them take that away from you because our existence is as pro-black as it, as it can get because that's how it was and always has been. Listen, black, 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 I'm so black. We do research to get blacker. I need you to understand this is exactly where we are right now. And I don't want anybody to go ahead and say, well, your partner or whatever else, because you're a, a black alt person or whatever the case is, don't let them take that shit from you. It's literally yours. It's because it's the majority and it's because their voices are so loud. And it's the truth. Their voices are so loud. It's fucking everywhere. But that's why I have to tell people, you need to immerse yourself within your own culture. Immerse yourself within Black queerness because that's where you're going to find solace. That's where you're going to find community. That's where you're going to find home. Good morning, Sid. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, listeners. I uh, hope everybody's having a good day. Love this topic. Um... Or should I say love to hate this topic because I just, uh, it's very annoying, very aggravating to continue to listen to the um, pro-black gatekeeping in these spaces, to listen to these impossible lists that you somehow have to achieve uh, in order to be a supporter of and an advocate for and an activist within uh, black liberation. They are counterintuitive to their own cause they are stepping on their own feet they are getting in the way however though that is okay for some of these individuals on here doing that i have no problem with just accepting that their time will pass and um it's better that way <laughs> but love you guys love the talk
So I got cut off early, but the question I want to ask was that, um, what they were saying is that, okay, yes, we're Caucasian, but we're not Caucasian American. Caucasian Americans are racist. And just because we think that people of color, um, you know, have issues that we don't agree with, you know, we can't be racist because we're, you know, a different type of Caucasian. When we're talking about racism, it's about, uh, a American Caucasian. This is why I'm having a problem because I start seeing people make excuses like, oh, racism is an American Caucasian thing. I'm like, no, there's Caucasians that are racist overseas, right? You don't just have to be American Caucasian to be racist. Yeah, uh, yeah white supremacy is global. It's, it's everywhere. I, I had a friend that visited the UK not too long ago. They said, girl, it's some racist motherfuckers in the UK, girl. I said, girl, that yeah, it's not going. It is. It's everywhere. It's around, It's across the whole. It's an entire globe. And I feel like uh, uh, we have to understand that not only is um, racism global, because obviously it is, but it's um, it's indoctrinated into this into so many different societies, whether it's Indian culture or Latin American culture or literally any other culture white supremacy has touched it in some way. You have to remember, there are literally Spanish people shaming other Latin people for not speaking Spanish when it's just like, you do realize we're both speaking colonizer tongues, right? You do realize that's not what you spoke. Wasn't your language. You do, so, so we have to, we can't pretend. And again, I've always, I'm, I'm going to continue to say it. White supremacy doesn't work without black and brown people. White people, are the global minority. So white supremacy doesn't work without us. So we're the ones who are upholding it also in all of these other countries. It's why you can go to full black countries who are like completely Christian and anti-gay. There's not a white person in sight anymore. But mm. colonizers touched that land. They injected their hate and their homophobia into the veins of African people, which is why we're dealing from that blowback right now. Mm -hmm. So don't let anybody tell you, like we were talking the other day about how we got to move someplace else. We got to figure out where to go, nigga, because we want to find someplace safe where we could just live and do us and not have anybody breathing down our throats. And we had to come to the conclusion, like, even though uh, racism in America is probably the worst, there is no place where racism doesn't exist. Why do you think on Bridgerton having those two dark-skinned Indian girls was such a big deal to the Indian community? Because they've never been looked at as a love interest before, especially not by white people. So we can't pretend that it's not fucking everywhere. Did you see how they were, uh, some of these uh, Game of Thrones fans were reacting to, uh, it's a black guy character now uh, from House of Valerian. And maybe, Wait, maybe these, they were mad too. And they and he's dark skin. And yeah, they was like, that's not what they look like. And he's supposed to be white with this kind of hair. I said, y'all, white mediocrity got a hold on y'all. It is so sad. So pressed. They yo, do you know how how upset people are that there's going to be a black Doctor Who? I've never watched Doctor Who in my fucking life, and I'm about to start. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching. This uh, one. Literally, and I believe that he's fluid. So I'm like, oh Ooh, my period. god, what? So I'm so fucking excited for that, and I feel like that excitement, that our love for that, our is like, oh my god, we're finally seeing somebody. I feel like that makes them so upset to their core. It's like the Black Ariel. 
oh my God, the fact that um, Hallie is playing um, Ariel has so many people tied. It's a Danish story. It's also a fish bitch. <laughs> that fish bitch. Girl, let me tell you, because I was in the, um, a couple, a few years ago, I was at the mall and they had like the Santa Claus, of course, the, but the Santa Claus was black. And I hear white folks in the distance talking about, what? That's not Santa Claus. Well, Santa Claus is white. I said, are you fucking kidding me? Are you, so y'all are so used to seeing your own shit that you were mad that a fake fictional myth ass character is black in the fucking mall who's just trying to get his paycheck. Y'all mad about that. But Santa Claus ain't black. Santa Claus is white. Do you know that I, okay, and I saw this a few years ago. Um, it's at Macy's in um, New York. Do you know there's like a code word that black shoppers would say during Christmas to bring out the black Santa for their kids? Mm. Ooh, let's get into some of these messages. Uh, Fudge. Thank you. Say it for all those in the back that can't hear it. Being black and queer to me absolutely is a representation of some of the ultimate pro-blackness that you could have as an individual, as a collective. And um, pardon me for mincing my word earlier because I realized it didn't sound quite right. But what I'm really trying to get to say is that these crazy folks around here trying to do pro-black gatekeeping. um, Yeah, when I say I want them to pass, it means they literally have to die off. And I am... um, I'm hastening to that time when that happens. So just wanted to clarify that. It's not like patiently waiting and sitting for them to go make their changes. No, I'm going to keep agitating, keep educating, keep aggravating them until they die off. Um, yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Listen, and, and I, I, I also was just about to say, let me tell you something. You said it perfect the first time. I'm not mincing no words with these niggas. I really hope they've got one foot in the grave, another one on a banana peel, and I am praying for gusts of wind. I am trying to get all of the African gods on my side to blow that gust of wind so those niggas all die the fuck out. And I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. One word, guillotines. <laughs> oh, without fail, they don't stop, I swear. Okay, it, it, don't, it don't even matter. It don't even matter. It don't even like I'm surprised that Aaron has not looked up more other like more medieval ways to kill people <laughs> just to give us something brand new every episode. Um <laughs> Issa. I also like to say this. I I don't know. It was something happened last night and we was having a conversation and a Mexican American um fella came in and was talking about um being a minority and I I can't stand that. I don't like when people talk over black people and talk as if okay, we're the minority and we're just poor poverty-stricken people. Like I'm so tired of that conversation. Like I get being pro black and being an ally um and they felt like they were a part of the minority, which they are. But I don't even want to say minority because I don't like calling black folks the minority because we all know that's not true. But <laughs> I don't know. Old boy got upset with me because I was telling him the truth. I I just I just want to say that we we're gonna call ourselves the minority because in the U.S. we are only twelve percent of the whole fucking nation, but we are the global majority. Period. Yeah. Like let's never ever forget that. And I'm going to say this, 
we do not have the same struggles. POC and Black people do not have the same Thank struggles. You. And we are, and I'm not going to pretend that we have the same struggles. There are a lot of POC who are doing well in this country be off the backs of civil rights leaders who still don't have the same rights and have the same things that they have right now in this country. Because if we look by capita and we look at who's owning houses, who's actually making money, because they want to be like, oh, well, you know, if you just pulled yourself up by the bootstraps. But we've already seen the statistics. You can live in two different area codes that are not even two miles apart and go ahead and have people literally live longer in a particular zip code. So stop it. Um, and I feel like this is why this is a black queer podcast and not a POC queer podcast. There is a place for that. I love to go ahead and have round tables. I like with Spirit Love that we had a little while ago. Um, that was an awesome round table. I wanna be able to do that again. Um, but this is why this is a black queer podcast because we have to talk about the way things are affecting us. And if you are an accomplice, please listen. But if you are an accomplice, know when to be quiet. That's mm -hmm. all. And again, I also want to... No, no, no again, go ahead. Because again, folks be like people who are not black and queer on this podcast. Let me tell you, because we be getting some of these white folks that be listening to us be real mad. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. And I'm like, baby, this podcast isn't for you. And then straight black men, oh my God, y'all just hate us. Baby, this podcast isn't for you. It's for black mm -hmm. queer folks. Now, if you are not black and queer and you want to listen and be an accomplice and help, like, you know, get us through our struggles and actually be a true supporter, then sure, you can stay tuned and listen, but just know, keep it cute and know where you're at. And I also just want to go ahead and, and let people know, for black people, if you are trying to be an accomplice, right, you don't get to criticize us. You don't get to question our methods. You don't get to question our voice. And that's on period. And if you do want to criticize us, you, let me tell you something. You know what you do? You call your, you call your other Black accomplice and you go complain to them. And they will let you know what the temperature is. I promise you. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've had one of my friends call me and be like, yo, I saw this shit and I was just like, I felt like the person was ABCD, ABCD. But I, I don't know if it's my place. And you know what I will tell them? It's not. But I will tell you that person is trash. 100%. All day. Because it's my place. Right. And, and, and you know, and the, let me tell you something. And your accomplice will understand that. They're not going to get offended. They know the history. They know they don't have that place. And they know they're fucking lame. I don't have to go ahead and train my friends who happen to be white not to say the N-word. What? Well, I, I just feel like since you black say the N-word, I feel like since if I'm listening <laughs> to some black if I listen to rap music, I just don't see a problem with saying it to Kanye West when he says it. Because I love Kanye. Like he voted for Trump and I just love saying the N-word because it's hard not to say it, you know, when I'm singing the rap song. <laughs> so why can't I say the N-word? See, if I can't say it, then no one can say it because I'm white and I'm used to having my way. <laughs> I hate you. Fucking, I hate you. I hate you so much. First of all, but secondly, I just want to say, first of all, whenever I say the N word around my the people who happen to be white in my life, which is uh, which, I'm not even gonna lie. It's just Hallie. Hey, Hallie. Um, but <laughs> when, but when that does happen, I'll be, honestly, I I might see her like cringe a little bit because she she doesn't because she just doesn't really say it. And I know for a fact. Let me tell you something. I've told her to her face. 
if you want to go ahead and say some crazy shit, you roll up the windows and you do that shit on your own time. And she's like, that even feels uncomfortable. Okay, cool. So we're golden. Do you, do, do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't, and I also want to let you know, these conversations with the people who love you, it doesn't have to be hard. If it's hard, that person probably is not your friend. If you are fighting, if you are fighting to get someone to understand your perspective, I, I had a friend who, um, I won't get into the whole long story, but I will say that around the time where Breonna Taylor had uh, died, um, I remember talking to her about it. And this is a long time friendship. This is like 13 years, bro. I thought she knew me. I thought I knew her and that we were good. And I remember her saying, as we were talking about Breonna Taylor, oh, well, she died because her boyfriend got trigger happy. What? Do you know what her excuse was after I explained it to her? Well, she was like, well, I only just saw the one article and I didn't really look to research, so I just didn't know. But you're not going to say anything about how damaging and poisonous your fucking assumption actually was? That was a really, that was really hard for me, man. It's a mess. This is why I, this is why I, I only have uh, one person who happens to be white in my life. And I think I'm just going to leave it at that until, <laughs> until I find another one who gets it. He's the only white person who understood what I said. I said, all white people are inherently racist because they benefit from a system which they have the power to overthrow and that said system hurts black and brown folks. And he said, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And Do you it's see like, how he was able to separate himself? I was to himself? say that too, he separated himself because he was listening to my experience and how I am hurt from the system. But if I said this to any other white person, no, you're racist. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? Sure, fuck it. <laughs> you know it's so sad when you get to the point where you're like yeah two plus two equals five because you carried a one i know mm-hmm. <laughs> yep at that's, this point one plus one equals whatever goes. you want it to be <laughs> at this point oh my goodness it's marcel though hey aaron hey sid and yes um i watched doctor who um because there's so many of them I-, I watched it a little bit or whatever and it's pretty good it's really interesting but um, I saw an article about that, and I was like, for the culture, I'll be a fan now, baby, for real, for real. And, of course, go back and revisit all of the seasons that I had, because it is pretty good, the one I came in on. But um, it's just something about seeing us do shit. Like, I like sci-fi. I like seeing us riding dragons and fucking doing magic and shit. I love to see us in those spaces because that's what I'm interested in. And like representation matters so fucking much. So um, I'm just hoping they don't do it like they've done many other shows where we have been like the, the, the main person and like cancel on us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm hoping. I, oh, oof. don't you love the roles that are not showcasing oppression? Snaps? Snaps for roles that are not showcasing oppression. Right, because I still have, yeah, I'm not going to see 12 Years a Slave. I'm not seeing that. See, a lot of of other cultures 
uh, of people of color, they usually don't they don't understand to the extent of what the quote unquote colonizers did to us. A lot of them probably don't even understand. The only thing I never really heard too much of people too many people outside of the black American race even mention too much about the colonizers like that. It's mainly us. But I like the Hispanics, I don't think they really think too much about that. I don't know if that's I don't mm, I don't think they think about that at all. A lot of them. And I apologize. I, I appreciate um y'all words um with affirming my word. Cause I have I'm not gonna lie, I've been taking a step back and just feeling like Damn, what am I doing? But it, I I do appreciate y'all and um, saying that because yes, being queer is the ultimate pro blackness, and um, yeah, I need to. I really need to stand in that. Love you, girl. Yeah, period. Don't let anyone say that you're not pro black if you're black and queer. Like that's this is as pro black as you can get. Our existence is pro black as fuck. The history behind it, everything. Don't ever let them take uh, that away from you. Just laugh in their face because they sound stupid. Telling a black person if you're queer. So low functioning. Telling a black Um, person if you're queer, then you're not black enough is the stupidest shit I ever heard because we've always been queer and gender fluid as fuck. They don't even realize. Oh, yeah. A ghetto exists within social constructs of society. So what is social society a construct of? Um, social society is a construct of white supremacy, which is why we're trying listen. to break it down. Listen, we are waiting on the Earth is Ghetto guillotine shirt, okay? Off with their I heads. Well, well, I told you we had to do that. We're going to do it. Listen, that Aaron has been saying that. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like they're going to kill us. <laughs> Spirit love. I do. Thank you so much. Yeah, I would love to do another podcast with you guys. You guys are awesome. But um, I do see this situation of a lot of groups saying if you're black and you're queer, you you know, you're not representing the black community, you're representing the queer community. And I'm like, no, I think they're representing both communities. As an Asian American, I definitely say like, you know, if I'm in an Asian group, just because I'm a queer Asian man doesn't mean I'm not part, that doesn't mean that I don't represent my Asian community as well, because I am fully Asian. So I think it's weird when I see this a lot. It's a trend. How do you feel about it? Uh, There's a big trend on Black queer people not being represented in um, the Black community on stereo. I don't know about other platforms. And when they say it, they're like, you're representing the queer community, not the Black community. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm going to let Aaron go first. So this is why intersectionality is so important. Because when I hear people say, oh, well, that's just representing, yeah, they're black, but they're just representing queer folks. It's like, well, no, not exactly. Because we, me and Sydney recognize that mainstream LGBT community is whitewashed. Like, we don't have a safe space on that side either, to be honest. Go to any Pride event in these major cities in June, and who all you see is cis, white, muscular men. You don't, And you might see a few sprinkles of lighter-skinned black folks. But it's no diversity in the mainstream LGBT community. And then if we go to the black folks, our, our people, they say, oh, well, we see that you're black, but you'd never be a part of the culture. So this is why me and Sydney created the Earth's Ghetto podcast, because this is a safe space for black queer folks. Because, again, like we're your arsenal and 
we don't really have a safe space on either side, to be honest, because black folks think that when LGBT people get rights, that black LGBT people are getting a piece of that privilege that the white LGBT community is getting. And that's never the case. And then the only thing that white gay men gave a fuck about was marriage and a cure for HIV. And even still back in the eighties, nineties, whenever that was, it still ex- excluded black queer folks and people of color who were queer. So again, intersectionality is so, so, so important. And that's why we started this podcast to begin with. You're muted. So, um, honestly, I feel like I, whenever I used to feel when they said, oh, well, you're not a part of the community. I think at first, especially when I was younger, I used to feel uh, really confused, um, to be honest. I used to feel so invalidated. But honestly, now um, through history and learning and realizing that I am upholding Marsha P. Henson, I am upholding James Baldwin, I am upholding Malcolm X, I am upholding Angela Davis, I'm upholding Asada Shakur, you can't tell me shit about me. And that's only the recent leaders. I am not even naming all of the Black genderless people that I've come from in Nigeria. Stop it. You're not about to go ahead and deny my Blackness. And that's why they say things like knowledge is power. That is your power. Our history is your arsenal. And I also want to say, even if we didn't have that history, you would still be validated. It just means that we were the first. Mm. But to know that we actually come from such a rich and beautiful history, I realize that now when I hear it, I honestly, now I just feel sad for the person who said it for me because that is somebody who is lost. That is somebody who would cry when Massa died. That is somebody who Harriet Tubman would have to have shot in order to save the rest of the slaves on the plantation. That is somebody you cannot have community with. And that is why your, your skin folk is not always your kin folk. And you have to continue to remember that. Just because they are black does not mean that they are not an agent of white supremacy. You gotta watch how they move. That's the only way to tell. Like Harriet Tubman said, she could have freed more slaves if more people knew that they were slaves. Let me play this last message and then we can move on to the next topic. I love you. <laughs> That's my best friend, Holly. I love you too, baby. <laughs> um. But yes, let's go ahead and switch on to the next topic. Uh, I swear that like that, I know that we talked about that for a while, but there's just so much to unpack, honestly. But let's go ahead and move on to uh, what the straights are doing now to us. Even the famous rich ones that um, are ambiguous, <laughs> that, are, that are racially, um, uh, who, how do I even say it? I'm really tired of this shit. I feel like as a person who has always had she, her pronouns, um, now I would go by she, her, they, them, because I just feel like they, them should be more normalized for everybody. Um, it's just so much easier. We look at it like a hurdle and actually it, it's something that symbolizes, like it just, it makes everything so much easier, but whatever. So Kalani, who has come out as they, them, the same way as Janelle Monae did. So of course, Everybody's in uproar. She goes to this interview and um, I'm going to play a video 
Um, well, Aaron's going to play a video because, you know, he does all the they do all the technical stuff because uh, I can't do it. Um, but we're going to listen to a video and we're just going to we're going to dissect. If you haven't seen Kehlani's butchered interview, let's unpack it together. This is my reference. Heterosexual people do not understand their ingrained and underlying homophobia when they're asking people in the LGBTQIA plus community questions. Let's start off with how the host introduced Kehlani. They are here, and they is she, and she is with us. She go by the name of Kehlani. New album, Blue Water Road, is out right now, and it is quite the vibe. Sir! Imagine interviewing a guy with that same energy. He is here and his is with us today, reporting live with his new album and his six foot long dangling and his 18 body count with all of his baby mamas. That's what that energy screamed to me. If it was up to me, I would have left her right after that introduction. Now let's move into the invasive part of the interview that they dubbed was not invasive, but you know, let the people of the court decide on this one. And no scissoring with this. The host wanted to defend herself by saying the lyrics said that she was dripping on somebody. The album was more than just sex. So why did you hyper focus on that one line and bring up scissor with scissors? Yeah, once again, straight people over-sexualizing queer folks, uh, equating sexual orientation to sexual activity. So if you're not hetero, hetero, then you're all of a sudden just these sexual deviants. You know what? I, I guess my question is like, let's get into that introduction. How dismissive and demoralizing was that shit? They is she and she is they and they are here. You don't think that that sounds mocking in any way? Yeah, he was being shady. Bro, then they come to the podcast to go and talk about their album. And they're like, oh, you they they had such a stink attitude. And of course, they're calling her um, she. So one of the um, the hosts, L'Oreal, and a lot of people on the podcast may not know who L'Oreal is, but L'Oreal is a, a hood bitch. Um, she's a Latin and she went to um, uh, Love and Hip Hop in New York, I think. She was one of the early seasons. Anyway, she had friends with Angela Yee, um, and that's how she got the show that she's on right now. Now, she came out after she, that, that uh, she came out after they made their statement saying that, that and, and listen, when Kehlani came out with their statement, they, they, didn't, they weren't mean, they weren't fucked up, they didn't say nothing, they were just like, hey, felt disrespected, not going back, right? L'Oreal gets on the fucking stage and she starts talking about how, um, well, Kalani, she came in with a stink fucking attitude. Good luck with your, uh, good luck with your album. I heard only, uh, played 21,000 sales. So let's go ahead and give her a spin. Let's go ahead and get her some, get her money up. Um, you don't come here if you're not ready to answer questions, blah, blah, blah. Now I am not a professional interviewer. I have interviewed people before. And um, and when it comes to um, interviews like this, and so a person and a person comes to talk about their music, the fact that we go immediately to whatever sexual lyrics they have, because like the person said in the video, her album their their album wasn't completely about sex, but all you want to talk about is scissoring with SZA. You don't feel like somebody's going to feel demoralized in that moment. They're not going to feel heard in that moment. What was your reaction? I want to know. I, I mean, as the non-binary person, 
who is constantly misgendered on a regular basis. I feel like, once again, people are confusing gender identity with gender expression. So that's why the host at the, at the beginning, I thought he was being very shady talking about she is they and they is she and all this other shit because Kalani presented her, uh, th- themselves as femme in that moment. But because people get mad at me, like I had to get my boss together the other day because he was like, well, you don't look non-binary. Why do I have to call you they them when you dress this way? I said, well, first of all, then I had to educate him on the difference between identity and expression. I don't give a fuck if I had on a muscle shirt and some baggy sweatpants. It's still they, them. I don't give a fuck how masculine I present. I don't give a fuck because, number one, I could switch it up on you hoes in a heartbeat, but I don't have to if I don't want to. And number two, I don't give a fuck how feminine I am and if I lip gloss and all this other stuff. It's still they, them. So Can I you don't... do your trade voice? My trade voice. <laughs> Can you do your trade voice real quick? I'm sorry. This is how some of you motherfuckers sound when y'all be talking to like non-binary folks and trying to like. Well, so like I feel that you got on this kind of outfit, so I don't like that because why I gotta call you they them, and you wearing a muscle shirt and some sweatpants. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like it's always some new shit. And I don't want that shit on my kids because you confusing my kids, bro. You confusing my fucking kids. Like, stop doing that, bro. Like, for real. Yeah, I agree with my husband because, like, we trying to have kids someday. And I agree with my boyfriend because we trying to have kids and we can't even have kids no more because y'all don't even know what y'all want to do with y'all selves. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Every time, every time. I bet he made y'all panties wet. Anyway, let me stop. Um, but <laughs> no, but like, honestly, at the end of the day, um, when people are standing up for their they, them pronouns, at the end of the day, you don't get to tell them no. If you are struggling, if it is hard for you, if it is hard for you to remember, but you're still trying to correct yourself, you're still trying to like, I, that is something that a lot of non-binary people actually can understand. You make it sound like, oh, I'm going to slip up and then they just going to cancel me. Shut up, T.I. No one's talking to you. All right. Like, like it get, people need to understand that. When you're actually trying, that is something that people who are using the pronouns they, them, it makes them feel so seen. The fact that you're actually still trying. And then when you finally get it and you not even having to worry about it, you don't even have to pause. That makes them feel like you're actually could be a safe space for them. You're not realizing that you're not being a safe space for people. How can you call yourself pro-Black and you refuse to be a safe space for other Black people? That's disgusting. It's because they don't see them as, they just don't care about their existence. They disapprove of their existence, so why the fuck do they feel like they need to respect it? And that's why I'm saying, like, straight Black men, y'all, like, this whole, I'm pro-Black, but I'm gonna keep misgendering folks especially like transphobic cishet women. It's like, do y'all realize that a lot of these straight black men be misgendering y'all as well? Mm. Mm-hmm. So y'all got some nerve to be transphobic and femphobic and all these other things and then be so quick to defend these men who misgender the fuck out of y'all, especially if you're a dark skin and a black woman too. 
you got some nerve to be transphobic. Especially when we see them misgender dark-skinned Black women on a regular basis. I've even seen it with Normani. I've seen it with Normani. I've seen it with Serena Williams. I've seen it with any dark-skinned, powerful woman that they have out there. They have tried to go ahead and masculinize them and call them men. And then when, when those same straight Black women turn around and are as transphobic as fuck. I need you to know how much you're like undercutting your own fucking cause. Betrayal to self. Betrayal to your ancestors. Like just like guillotines. Like fucking Aaron says all the fucking time. God damn it. Here I am. I'm fucking saying guillotines too. It ain't this shit. See, see what you've turned me into? They come out here and be like, I'm a Marxist Leninist. I'm like, damn it. You try to bring the FBI to our door. We both black still. Stop it. But look, here we are. <laughs> Girl, I'd be forgetting I'm in America, so we can't say Marxism. <laughs> I'm saying, like, <laughs> you forget. We can't, so <laughs> I'm like, you do know, like, oh, you can't say Marxism, so I guess I can't say healthcare for everybody then either. Mm. Oh, that's, girl, I ain't ready. Don't, 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 don't stop. I just want to say <laughs> that I love what you guys are doing. I think it's so important to have um, Black queer voices that are out there, as you said before. Uh, which I totally agree with. We have a lack of representation for people of color in the queer community. And I think the other thing is that I feel like it's hard because a lot of times um, the queer community wants people of color, especially black people, to entertain them as opposed to talk about real issues. I see this all the time. Like, you're fine if you're participating in, you know, big entertainments for, you know, other people. And I feel like that's annoying because mm. whenever I see, you know, a black friend in the queer community, they're always like, oh, do something funny or like tell us about this situation in a sassy way, entertaining way. It's never really seeing queer black people as people, but more, more of as an entertainment for other people. And how do you feel about that? Because I feel like that's the problem. If you're not being entertainment for them, they don't really roll with you. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, once people find out, like, once, especially Black women, like, once they find out that I'm queer, they immediately change their vocab and they start using Black gay lingo, like, yes, honey, and no tea, no shade, and yes, and you better work. Girl, I see right through that shit. I'm not your accessory, because y'all be the main ones who saying, oh, yeah, I love the fags, but I don't want my son to be around there. I can't have my son doing, I can't have gay kids, but you be, but you want us to do your makeup and shit and be a damn gay in the box or a fag in the bag and be your accessory and something that you play with on the side. Meanwhile, when I, when I talk about my shit and the shit that I go through as a black queer person, you don't want to hear it. No, bitch. Because that's not how that works. PSA to black straight women who might possibly be listening. Black gay men are not your good duties. They are not your accessories. They're not your hairstylist, especially when you can't stand up for them in front of your homophobic boyfriend. Look, and I also want to say, oh, go ahead. Boyfriends, some of these black women's boyfriends be saying some fucked up shit about black queer folks, and y'all just let them say it. And then wonder why they're misogynistic towards your ass, because homophobia and misogyny go hand in hand. Mm. And I also wanted to say the gay community, this is why we started this podcast because we're not safe there either. The gay community on the whole is a white corporation. And I just wanna let you know, they have always seen black people 
especially the black gay people, as their own personal minstrel show. This is why the most famous um, black gay that you can see is going to be performing at, at all the prides. But when a black gay person needs to talk about what's happening to them in the black gay community, they have no fucking platform because the um, gay community on a whole as a white corporation will not give them one. Yep. Like, for example, um, uh, I hate to keep dragging him, but this is a good example. Tadra Call. <laughs> if you look at um if you look at his audience, it's nothing but white people. Tadra Call is black. But it's like I don't know, it's like if you're famous, if you're a gay black man in this country and you're famous and you made it, you have to use your proximity to whiteness to make it there. Me and Sydney, we're not gonna do that shit. We we drag white folks all the time. We're not gonna uh, be politically correct. We're not gonna do that shit. But Todrick has to play it safe to keep his fan base because he knows that white white coin is going to get to get him to where he got to go. He ain't going to Tajra ain't going to be saying, yeah, all white folks are inherently racist like me and Sydney do. <laughs> Cuz baby, <laughs> they'll eat his ass <laughs> up. It's why he's been sleeping in um Taylor Swift's anal cavity for this many <laughs> years. Um <laughs> you know, like honestly, and um I feel like it, what's really sucked is the fact that Todrick Hall has used his platform and has done his minstrel show and with black people. When it comes to lips, eyes, hair, whatever, that he has almost only white dancers. But whenever he's doing other parodies, especially when it comes to a ghetto parody or whatever the case is, that's the only time he's got a fucking black cast. Um, and at the end of the day, he's still not paying his fucking dancers. They still want their money black and white. I want to put that out there. Um, <laughs> it's Marcel, though. That's a fact. That is a fact. And it's sad because it's other Black women that do it to Black women as well. Um, I remember Ari Lennox when she came out. They came for her hard. Look like a man. You look like a Rottweiler in the face. But as soon as she slaps on a wig, oh, my God, sis, you are serving. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But... That's why I like this room. Y'all's room definitely always makes me feel uh, very, very safe out here on these stereo streets, child. Um, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, whenever, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, people will try to attack your mental health because you are open about your sexuality before they just admit that they're homophobic cunts. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all it takes. Just admit it. Admit you don't like it and keep it moving. But, um, you know, like I said, that's why I was like coming to this room because I feel very safe here. Period. This is a safe space. If you are black and LGBT, emphasis on black and LGBT. This is your, <laughs> this is a safe space for you. Don't let these people say that you're not black enough because you're queer. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard. And I don't care if you are black and Muslim and gay, whatever kind of black gay person you are, you most certainly have a safe space here. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to be held accountable for your shit either. Because I see the infection. I see the pussing wound that's inside of us too. So that also needs to be unrooted. So, uh, so that being a safe space does not mean that you will not be held accountable for the anti that comes within you into this room. Yep. And that's just like I said, is. Earth is Ghetto Podcast, again, we hold everybody accountable. We draft the fuck out of white people. We draft the fuck out of uh, 
people, black folks who are who want to divide and conquer and say that we're not black because we're queer and just want to use white man's tactics to get power instead of equality. We drag uh, homophobic, biphobic black women and the shit that they say and can be anti-black. Me and Sydney drag each other. We drag black queer folk. We drag everybody. Anyone can get it. And it's never going to stop. <laughs> uh, uh, that. Oh, child, the disrespect is is too much on here. When we talk about just cannot handle the act of respecting someone's pronouns. There's somebody on here yesterday that did a talk saying, um, stop getting, uh, stop calling shit that you get offended by a phobia. Yes, fat and LGBTQIA people. And it's like, what are we talking about? I actually popped into the room to hear the conversation being, well, I just don't understand why if I make a joke, you got to be offended by that. Like, maybe I was just making a joke. And it's just like, I don't understand the need to try to rationalize being a hateful piece of shit. Like, stop trying to make it seem like folks are out here just telling little uh, knock-knock jokes or making doing little puns. No, you're saying hateful, violent speech towards someone that you don't even know and don't want to care to know. It's so gross out here with this. This misgendering is so annoying beyond so many. That's why, like, I don't understand why, like, straight black women, let me get y'all, let me get on y'all ass. I don't like the nerve of y'all to be so like femphobic and transphobic. And then I know it's like a lot of these straight black men be calling y'all niggas too. Like they be misgendering the fuck out of y'all, especially if you're dark skin. They misgender Serena Williams. They misgender Mae the Stallion. They misgender, uh, and white folks do this too. White folks, let me get on y'all ass, especially Michelle Obama. They were calling her all sorts of shit. So I don't understand what's like like girl look in the mirror like girl y'all can't be saying this shit and then be shook when that shit is like it don't make sense to me (laughs) not taylor swift's anal cavity (laughs) no but i was gonna say same for rupaul um rupaul has been pandering to white folks since the beginning of time be i just I don't like that. We I don't like that our gay representations have to be that. Like we need to do something about that. No, no, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, you're right. Girl, you already know how I feel about Miss RuPaul. You know how most Black queer folks feel about Miss RuPaul because we don't. Which is why their audience is mostly white. Let's let's be let's be very fucking clear. Um, Corey Muhammad. Shout out to the panel, Brother Aaron and Sister Sid. Uh, Brother Aaron, you know, Sister Sid and you followed up, expressed what I have said, and, you know, me being this black militant, this misunderstanding about, uh, now, without question, you know, the LGBT ain't my, ain't my cup of tea as far as lifestyle, but I have express how that has been used as a political pawn even highlighting the lgbt j edgar hoover the fbi director having a mindset to say that we must stop the rise of a black messiah and so this uh dichotomy of when we are fighting for our push that and if we're fighting for all black people that would also include those who are of the lgbt and so um but, you know, at least y'all recognize the race. 
Yeah, at least at least you guys recognize that the racism is real, and not trying to act as if, uh, you know, we're making something up or something of this nature here. But you know, whatever one sexual orientation, that's your bedroom activity. That we that don't even concern us here. But what we're doing is fighting against white supremacy, and we've been stating that point from day zero. See, huh. See, this is my issue um, with your statement right quick. Now, we are all black and fighting against white supremacy, but I feel like what you lack in understanding is realizing that you having um, any type of issues with the LGBTQ community or um, thinking that we are um, not actually concentrating on the issue is white supremacy. I need you to understand that very fully because black people before colonization were completely gender fluid. I need you to understand homosexuality is not a white export. It's homophobia. They're the ones who taught us to hate. Before then, we actually worshiped people like myself, people like Aaron, and women were actually the ones ruling things, and men, uh, especially heterosexual straight men, were actually working the military. I need you to do more of your history, because you denying us as part of the movement is a betrayal to your own ancestry. I need you to understand that. And I appreciate the fact that you tried to come in as politically correct as humanly possible, but I don't give a fuck about that. So I wanted to make sure we got down to the nitty gritty. Uh, Corey, once, um, I want straight black men to understand once again that black LGBT folks recognize that the mainstream LGBT community is whitewashed. And quite frankly, like I was telling Sydney, um, I don't think it was on here, it was just in person uh, on the phone. I told Sydney, I don't use the term gay for real. I say queer because back then and even still today, the term gay has been taken and used as a political identifier to represent, to only represent white gay men in their rights. I will give you that. But if we're going to drag white supremacy within the mainstream LGBT, LGBT community, the corporate LGBT Let's drag that, but don't include people like me and Sydney who happen to be black and queer as if we're getting the privileges that white gay men are getting. Because I promise you, we are not. Because I hear it all the time. LGBT folks get more rights than black folks. Yes, mainstream LGBT, like the gays at the Beverly, Beverly Hills, New York, and all these gay hoods that they had the privilege to move to, yeah, they're getting these rights. But black LGBT folks, we're not. And that's why I say we're black and queer at the same time. It's neither one ab above the other because if I take my ass to the barbershop or the cookout or any other place with nothing, I get called a faggot. They be threatening to beat my ass and all this other shit because I'm queer, right? But y'all said I was black first, so why y'all make threats? Not saying that you're doing it. I don't know you, but that's what happens being black and queer. We don't have a safe space like that. So if we're going to drag white supremacy within the LGBT then do that, but don't think that we are a part of this secret movement and that they're just trying to use us to break up the black family and all this other shit. That's not the case. And we have to go way further back than the Willie List letters and butt breaking. Because like Sydney said, before we're talking back like 
2400 BC. Before Africa was colonized, there was no gender and everything was fluid. <laughs> uh, listen, and I just want you to do your research, but I also need you to understand that being pro-Black may mean two very different things to us. It's, a, it's really a, a term that has been taken by straight folks and has completely eliminated us from the story altogether. So I need you to understand that being pro-Black means fighting for Black trans women who are dying. Being pro-Black means fighting against Black femicide, which is happening to us in the majority from straight Black men. It's about holding other Black men accountable. If you really want to be an accomplice and not an ally, that is what you would be doing. Not thanking us for also seeing the Black struggle as if we weren't born fucking Black. Right. Like, again, All right. there's power in unity. The divide and conquer tactic that I know is hoteps that, that they use, it's not going to work. It, a part of decolonizing your mind as a black person, you have to get rid of your homophobia. You have to get rid of your transphobia. You have to get rid of your colorism, massage noir, all of these things. Otherwise, we're never going to move forward and we're going to stay divided. You can't say that you're pro-black and then call the next nigga you see a fag or he need to tone that shit down. I feel uncomfortable. But you just said you're pro-black, which means you care for all black folks. So that's that's the contradiction that we're talking about. And I also need people to understand that when we are talking about they, them pronouns, we are talking about black magic. We are talking about the we are talking about um, something that is so deep and that is something that's, like, that's actually so beautiful. And there's a, a video that I want to go ahead and play. Um, by someone else who also goes by the pronouns they, them, and I love them to death. It's, it's been so dope um, listening to their content. The trans feminine person, there's no place in the world in public where I feel safe. One story of that is devastating. It's really unfair and unjust that every day I have to think, who's going to attack me today? But then the other story of it is how grateful am I that today I get to practice public need, that today I get to break up with individualism again and say, I love you, by which I mean I need you, and I need you in order to get by. That actually they, them pronouns is a poem that teaches me you are actually part of something greater than yourself. You are both a singularity and a collective at the same time. So when I say, I use they, them, what I mean is, these are my people. And they've got my back as a trans. Period. And I thought that was absolutely beautiful. Um, we're going to listen to these messages and get into the next topic. Um, Fletch it up. Yes, and I agreed because a lot of these uh, cis hetero black women will get out here have all the transphobic, homophobic uh, smoke to give out, but then want to sit, sit and try to have conversations. And, and, and I've had some, um, we'll save that to me, but then we'll talk about the conversations that we get into when we talk about men on the DL. It's like, well, how about you stop making men feel like shit for not being, um, honestly, a, a cis-hetero male that most likely wouldn't want to stand up for you anyway. Um, <laughs> how funny is it that you're going to sit here and complain about homophobia and transphobia and then wonder why you have to deal with DL men? 
Maybe because you're not letting people live their lives. You're not letting men mm. live their truths. And it doesn't always have to be next to and up under and up in a woman, honestly. Ciao. I'm a player, but I won't, I'll respond to it. You and I respond. Here we go with that lifestyle thing. I personally don't agree with the um, hetero lifestyle. Um, they keep making all these damn kids that they're not taking care of, taking up all the goddamn jobs, you know. Um, you know, all my taxes are going to taking care of kids that don't even belong to me. I just don't agree with it. And, and apparently the dating pool is pissing. <laughs> I hate that. You know what? You know what? I, I got something to say. You know, I... <laughs> so... Go ahead and put yourself on mute. I, I got a lot to say right now. So as a white person, hear me out, colors. As a white person, I I ain't racist. I just don't agree with your existence. I ain't racist now, but I don't believe that you niggers should have rights. I think you're taking over your fortune, this shit, this black agenda shit on my kids. I don't like your existence. But I ain't racist. It's just my opinion. And since that's just my opinion, you can't say that I'm racist. So don't say shit to me about I'm a racist. I'm not racist. I love blacks. I love fried chicken. But that's just my opinion. That's my constitutional right. Damn, white folks, we can't have opinions no more about niggas. God damn, we can't say what we got. Why y'all got to be so sensitive? Y'all forcing this shit on TV. You're forcing this shit on our kids. Damn, just go back to where you came from. I love everybody, but goddamn, like, we can't say what the fuck we want to say. With see how wop. that shit works? You see how that shit can be taken and used on you? Well, Sister Sid and Brother Aaron, is two points that I disagree in the sentiment of what you described. Number one, James Baldwin, they fill a Randolph. Yeah, we know, you know, that's, no, I am a historian also. That's not accurate what you said there. Uh, the the uh, term ally, you know, would suggest a division already. Uh, what you mean ally if we already on a slave ship together ally how where you know so yeah there is a misunderstanding but the lgbt fbi director j edgar hoover it is a um stance of white supremacy that they see us as all one big nigger and so it has never been this what you're saying that chuck berry we know a few we knew the choir director was gay that's our mother's uh sister but it's like, Corey, if you know that the choir director, if you know black gay people exist, why why continue to just use these divide and conquer tactics? Because it's not going to get us anywhere. You can't say, yeah, we know we know faggots can be black. Okay, well, if you know faggots can be black too, then why are you sitting here saying that you're pro-black, but you calling this nigga a faggot? Because you think it's a quote-unquote white thing. Well, well this, but this is the thing, though. I feel like he believes, because he came in very politically correct, but he used a lot of dog whistling terms like, hey, that's not my lifestyle. I don't agree with it. You know, that's not my thing. But at least you admit that um, that the, the black thing is yes, because we're black. I feel like what's what's missing is that the fact that we are black and queer at the same fucking time.
and that you have to understand that that means we're going to fight for black issues and we're going to fight for queer issues. So I'm glad that you can go ahead and name people that were also black and queer. But what I'm saying is, is that this shit is ancestral. You can't deny us from the movement. We are the movement. That's what I'm saying. Until black people stop thinking that being gay is a white thing, we're not going to get anywhere. He was like he, the fact that he was like you said surprised that we were dragging the fuck out of white folks like that, nigga was still black. <laughs> That's the thing. Like people, they really forget. Hey, I'm. Uh, hey, hello. I'm still black here. You can be black Didn't... and queer. You can be black and a woman. You can be black and disabled. You can intersectionality is a thing. So that's why I don't understand why they say shit. Like, oh, I'm surprised you. Why are you surprised? Do you know what I'm saying? And that's what I, and that's the thing. It's like another form of microaggression that I just decided not to play with and go directly to the core of what drives people to say things like that. That's why I'm not mincing words in reference to things like that. Um, you want to play the next one? So, them deal, um, all I'm saying is, be gay, but just don't be gay in my face. Be gay enough where I don't know that you're gay, all right? Just be gay enough where it doesn't shine over being black, all right? All right, y'all. <laughs> Shout out to Flesh with the day them. Day them there. <laughs> Sorry. I just want black people to, I just want straight black people who don't like black queer people to understand this is how you sound. So the next time you want to say, well, damn, that's just my opinion. I can't have an opinion. Well, goddammit, that's my opinion. You don't belong here. You need to go back to where you came from. I don't like you, nigga. You remember what the fuck you said. And then I'm going to say, well, girl, that's just his opinion, even though he said that. And that's going to make you niggas mad. You cannot hide behind your opinion when it comes to bigotry. You just can't do it. Just say that you don't like fags and call it a day. Just say, hey, I'm black, but if you're a faggot and you're black, then that's a problem to me. Just say that. Instead of saying, well, the reason you're gay is because white people exist and all this other dumbass shit. Because one thing about niggas, they're going to come up with some conspiracy theories. <laughs> Yo. It is absolutely in, insane to me. But I feel like that's the reason why I don't feel the need to pussyfoot around um, and uh, congratulate somebody for actually trying to talk to us like human beings. I know what the dog whistles mean. I know what, what the undertones are actually saying. And I need you to understand that being black and queer uh, means that I have to fight for way more things than you. And if you were a real accomplice, you would be fighting with me. And like I said, like when these fucked up people who claim to be pro-black pass away, and then but then you want people who didn't give a fuck about their existence. You want us to all stand in solidarity. It's like, well, damn, you just said that we're not part of the culture. So why the fuck do you want us to stand with you now? And that's why when I made that tweet, it pissed a lot of people off, but it's the truth, and the truth hurts. I said, okay, all this outrage, if George Floyd was gay in film, would there be this much outrage from straight black men? No, I ain't talking. But again, like, that's the honest truth. Y'all, if I was to die right now, because I'm still black, right? Or you're black first. I'm black, but I happen to be queer. Would y'all still be out in the streets or would y'all be like, well, he had to have done something. Or if a black trans woman was killed, well, what does she do? She had to have tricked somebody. Do, do you see what I'm saying? The fact that we're rationalizing the deaths of people that look like us should tell you already the ideology is flawed. 
that something is fucking missing. Yikes. Um, uh, Kenny's back. <laughs> I don't like the fact that you guys are up here making fun of the way white people talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You are so wrong for that. I just want to let you know. <laughs> Why did you do it so good? Right. Uh, I kind of sounded just like him, too. Stop it, butch. <laughs> hey, good morning to uh, Sid and Aaron. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Uh, I get the uh, I get the idea that uh, white people may not be the reason why uh, black people are homosexual. But I would like to ask, why do you think, like... um? A lot of countries in Africa are anti-homosexual. Is that because of white people or colonialism? We're put glad you coach. said that. Oh, put me in the coach. Oh my goodness, Butch. I've been waiting for a cishet black man to ask me that question. You don't know how you've made my fucking day. Let me tell you why. Uh, so, um, uh, I know you are. I know you are. Uh, so, so, colonization um, is actually something that when it came to the shores of Africa brought what we call now homophobia. Because before we didn't have all the words that we have today, of course. But if you look in our history books, that um, especially if you look at Nigerian culture, because that's where I come from and that's where I did my DNA testing and all that good shit. When you think about even the Yoruba language, there is nothing even gendered in their language. We did a whole show about it. I hope you decide to go look at it one day. Um, where a lot of their languages, where it came to man and woman, because remember, colonizer, colonizer languages like uh, Spanish, they have L and they have La. They always have to be able to make sure that there is a feminine and there is a, a and there is a masculine. In Yoruba culture, there's nothing like that. Do you know what we have? We have one who sways and one who walks tall. That's what we have. And they actually didn't even give their kids a gender until they got older and found out what energy they were. White people saw the multiplicity of blackness and they became scared. This is the reason why, this is one of the biggest reasons why we were enslaved and killed and they stamped it out. That's why Africa today, in Nigeria today, you can actually go to jail for 20 years for being homosexual. And they don't even realize where it came from. It's really sad because they want to listen to people like Dr. Umar. But, um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Go anyways, ahead. yeah. Um, colonization and the spread of fundamentalist Christian attitudes from the British meant that much of Africa lost its previous cultural attitudes towards sexual orientation and gender identity. And they were forced to adopt, quote unquote, new values from British colonizers in the 19th and 20th centuries. So um, homophobia was legally enforced by colonial administrators and Christian missionaries. In 1910, Christians made up about 9% of the population of sub-Saharan Africa. And by 2010, the figure had leapt to 63%. Anti-LGBT laws were not only written into constitutions, but also into the minds of many African people. And after the passing of several generations, this has become dogma. Butch, if you want me to, I can send you this link to this article and it can tell you everything about Africa before it was colonized and why homophobia is actually an agent of white supremacy. And, and that's why I feel like it's so important 
that um, people on uh, that straight, that straight black people are asking those questions. I want you to ask, I want you to question things because this binary setup that they have, oh, the man go get the food, the woman go cook this and so on and so forth. That's not even us. And it also says in the article, and like I said, anyone else who's listening, not just Bush, if you want me to send you this article about everything about uh, African sexuality and the history, just let me know. Um, I'm, I'm still going to send it to you, Butch, anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to send it to you through your DM. But um, it also says, while many of the countries under British rule are now independent, the majority who still criminalize homosexuality, including Jamaica and Uganda, have carried over these laws from the, colon- from the colonial era. Generations later, many Africans now believe that an anti-gay attitude is one that is part of their culture. So much so that former Zimbabwean president Mugabe labeled homosexuality as a quote-unquote white disease. And that's why black people today think that, oh, if you're queer, then the white man got to your head, and that's why you're gay if you're black. Mm. And it's like they took the actual rape and the just the, um, uh, the exploitation of male slaves from the, Willie, uh, from the Willie Lynch letters, and they literally weaponized that against Black people. And they made it so that even Africans born and raised there for now generations believe that homosexuality is a white thing. It's like inception, nigga. It's like inception. They made it look like it's our fucking idea. It's not. <laughs> I need you to know that it's really not, not ancestrally. Yeah, this is this is what these white people want. This is what they wanted. This is what white supremacists want. They want us to stay divided. And they used, and when the colonizers came over to Africa, and like Sydney said, saw the progression that they made because of the multiplicity of blackness and all these things, they said, oh, no, girl, we can't have that. And that's just why we have uh, groups today. I'm not going to, well, I, I'll say it, Israelites and Hotels or Hotels. Moors, whatever who think that, oh, if you're black and queer, then you're a threat or you're weak to the black community, like you're not a part of the culture. It's just divide and conquer. And it's, it's quite, it's sad, but it's working, unfortunately. Oh, it's patriarchy. And this is the thing. On a, on a grand scale of things, this is what they need to do is to separate us piece by piece so that we don't actually come together and form against the 1%. Mm. That's really what this is all about, because race is just a construct, right? Yeah. Let's, let's be real at the end of the day. So honestly, all of this white supremacy that white people gave us, this division that we've been now agents of and are now spilling that over into our own communities, that is meant, that is purposeful, that is meant to keep us separated and from having conversations and from not being able to cross that aisle. Because guess what? If we're too busy talking to each other, can we really figure out why our pockets are empty if this is what's going on? Everybody working 60 hours a week. Capitalism is the real fucking enemy, not fucking each other, but this this is what you want to do. Okay. Yep. And again, this is what they wanted. And this and unfortunately, this is why we have people like um Corey who was shook when black queer folks or dragging the fuck out of white people because they think that, oh, well, since you're queer, then your blackness just automatically goes away and that we're just gonna talk white. It's like, no. <laughs> It's bananas. It's like, where do you, do you read? Whatever. But I want to thank every single person for being inside this room. Uh, my girl Hallie was here, Groovy, um, 
Issa, She Rocks, it's Marcel, Butch, Robin, Fletch, Sarah. I just want to thank everybody for being in this room and for, um, as a lot of you are uh, regular faces, and I just want to say, you give us the community. Just like this place is to keep you safe, you keep us safe. This is a two-way street, and I just want to let you know we appreciate it. Period. As always, we thank all of our loyal supporters who come listen to our podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, this is a Black queer podcast because, again, intersectionality is very important, and quite often Black LGBT people are excluded from many talking points. So that is why me and Sydney started this podcast in the first place. Uh, you can follow me and Sydney on Instagram, which is in both of our bios, and you can follow our Earth is Ghetto Instagram podcast page, Earth underscore is underscore ghetto underscore. Same for the TikTok as well. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, obviously on here, and Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. Oh, okay. So I just want to let everybody know we love you. Being queer is African. We can't wait to see you in the next one. And we see y'all Monday. All right, niggas and friends. Bye. Bye.